Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. This is R&R in the morning. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom, touchdown, Cowboys. Wembenyama about three feet behind the line, got it! It's R&R in the morning with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Good morning! Good morning to you! It's Robin R.J. He is R.J. Ochoa, the managing editor of Blogging the Boys and the captain of his ship. I am Rob Thompson, the master of his domain. Easy E. Edwin Hafner. What happened to the the uh, Milwaukee cap? The the beanie. Easy E was representing the Brewers. Had a cool hat on this morning. I guess it doesn't go with the headphones. No, no. Settle down, Edwin. A baseball season yet either. Settle down. I told you to chill. Too much coffee. Morning, RJ. I guess. Um, if we have to. What's that? You know, morning. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we have to, morning. So yesterday was on. was uh, uh, day two uh, of your... Uh, Diatribe? Uh, no, well, I was going to say ascendance. But no, uh, that's the, I was going to use the word ascendance uh, to the seat where you are. But that was not going to be a proper word. That's why I hesitated. Uh, but uh, yeah. day two of of your life as one of the R's. Um, busy day for you yesterday. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess maybe a little how the sausage gets made. You and I, we break off at 10 a.m. You had me waiting around for like 45 minutes for something else. You know, pretty selfish on your part. Whatever. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I had some lunch. I had a sandwich. My dogs nipped at me, and they each got a piece of turkey, so it was you know, beneficial for them, I suppose. Um, knocked out a couple articles. You know, Wednesdays are a nice day. I even told you I was excited about watching the challenge on MTV because it drops on Wednesdays. Missed that and, a bit. Yeah, my wife had something to do in the evening, and so I was on, I was on kid duty. I was putting my son to bed. We were having a great time. He didn't eat all of his bread, and that was frustrating. He was pissed off, but, you know, we powered through. And we were about to go sit down in his room and do just kind of evening chill mm-hmm. time. And then, boom, my phone just starts, like, taking off and freaking out. And I had to help have him sit in my lap while I wrote an article that pissed me off and created all these graphics that pissed me off. And then when he went to bed, I had to make some more stuff that pissed me off. Well, you know, I, I don't know why. You, you pegged it yesterday uh, 24 hours, I would say, to the minute. You were telling everybody, all of our morning crew, and morning to all, sound off if you got a pair. And by the way, if you're listening right now and, and you haven't subscribed, I'm sending over some goons. I don't want to. Uh, ooh, you're telling the crew? Telling I, I don't want to send them over. They're, more, they're former that. promo crew types, and if you've seen the right. promo types, you, you know you don't want them over there. 
it's the same people um, that the Joker broke the pool cue. Well, no, they're not going to come rough you up. They're going to come eat all your food. They're going to come. They're going to come sleep on your couch, and they're never going to leave. They have a weird patchouli stink to them, and they're going to eat all your food. So you might as well subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, turn on notifications so that you know we can serve as your alarm in the morning. You know, you get like a bling. You know, yes. Robin and RJ are on. Which exactly. you know, you probably get that mentally anyway. And by the way, uh, we're like seven away from a goal. We're okay. goal oriented yeah. around here. There's a synergistic ev- effect to uh, attaining certain goals, RJ. Put food on our table. Yes, that's all we're asking. And so, yeah, we yeah. a busy day yesterday and day two. McCarthy will be back, and we're going to look at it from a whole bunch of different angles. But the only angle that ever mattered was Jerry. Statement dropped yesterday afternoon, and it began with, "I believe this is this team is very close and capable of achieving achieving." I said cheesing, didn't I? Achieving our ultimate goals, and the best step forward for us will be with Mike McCarthy as our head coach to discuss that thing. That is, we got a bunch of guests coming. Saad Youssef of The Athletic will be here in about an hour and a half. Uh, he works uh, a lot with uh, Machota, and he's there. He's in the house. In the building, yeah. Uh, Mark Schofield of SB Nation does some work with you, RJ. That's right. Mark's one of my many co-hosts. No offense. I do a lot of shows and things, and you're not special. Is really he's with one. SB Nation and will join us right. at 830 and then finally at 9.30, Joseph Hoyt, uh, Cowboy Insider. Um, this is uh, not what I expected to be talking about today. I'll be very honest. I did. I, it's not that I'm shocked that McCarthy is still here. I just would have thought Jerry would have leveraged some time. Because here's what the, the, the thread today is going to be a little bit about McCarthy. And a lot about how ignorant. How football stupid, how ruinous, how awful Jerry is for the Dallas Cowboys, the most profitable team in the world. That's what the theme's going to be about today. Jerry is just stupid. He's the problem. Right? um, Isn't that going to be the theme? Yeah. I mean, this is is a hard day. I mean, and... It's amazing that it is a hard day, right? Like you would think on 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 the one hand, you know, that you would celebrate a coach who's won 36 games across the last three years and been to the playoffs each and every single one of them. Like there are objectively amazing things on Mike McCarthy's resume, but the the splotch at the end is too difficult to overlook. And, you know, on the subject of how the sausage gets made, sometimes, you know, Sometimes you do a pre-write, right? Sometimes you have something ready, you know, in the event, and sometimes you got to trash it because it doesn't happen. And I had right. something ready that we didn't get to run because <laughs> this 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 got announced before that, um, and it was about how the Cowboys generally make their seismic coach. We, we talked right. about this. That's why I didn't think we'd be their, talking about it today. Yeah, like, it's generally something they wait to do until at least a week after their season is over, and so this this has like an underwhelming sort of feel to it. Like you announce it on a on a Wednesday night while the Spurs are in Boston, you can't even let Wimby have a, like we, we can't even watch Wimby go up against Tatum, like one-on-one. And Seriously. Just enjoy that. Like, I mean, dear. um, and I mean, dude, this is, I, I like to think, you know, and it's kind of my job too, but I like to think that I have a strong pulse of Cowboys fans. There is nobody that is happy about this. Like, I mean, not a soul. And not only is not a soul happy about this, but not a soul is even like, passive about it like like nobody's even at a place of like 
I guess, you know, whatever. Everyone, everyone is either apathetic or irate. You know what I'm saying? We ran a poll when we had the article that went out with this news, uh, bloggingtheboys.com, which has almost a thousand comments to let you know how passionate people are. Um, the poll was, how do you feel about Mike McCarthy returning to the Cowboys? 8% voted excited, 43% voted whatever, 49% voted upset. So you've got 92% of people who are whatever at best. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not apathetic, but I'm not mad at it. Uh, At the very least, I get it. And we're going to talk a lot about it with all that are coming and certainly with you. Are you one of those that is just furious? Six five six three seven seven six. Are are you? Here we go again. This is Cowboys, and it's all Jerry anyway. Six five six. I'm not apathetic. I think I'm comatose. Like that's that's the word. Wow, I like, and that's worst <laughs> case. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things. Yeah, yeah uh, that that matter to Jerry. And as an Aggie. Uh, we, the, Aggies and Jerry kind of fall in the same place. You know, are we making money? Uh, how are we doing on that side of the ledger? We're good? Okay. Now, everything else, I'll take with a grain of salt. Uh, I, and I believe that's Jerry. Are we making money? And, and we are. Okay. If, as long as we're moving the needle and making some money, we're good. And I think the Aggies have been the same way. And they're not afraid to spend some money and lose some money as long as the needle's moving. But I mean, this is moving the needle in a way that I'm not even sure Jerry thought was going to move it because I, it's, there's anger. There's anger. I mean, how do you – how like okay, so we're supposed to be like, you know – and to be very clear, I'm excited to listen to things like the draft show that Nick Harris, who was on yesterday, is a part of. I'm, you know, I enjoy the NFL draft as, as a thing. But, like, I, like, how are we supposed to rally ourselves like, okay, like – Who's the missing piece? Like it, it all feels so pointless. Like it all feels so meaningless. It all feels like, you know, we we know how this ends. And like, I I generally do not like to be the like I'm out on this person or whatever, you know, guy. Um, but I'm out. Like I I'm officially in the prove me wrong camp. Like I I would love it. Like prove me wrong and and I'll I'll bake the crow. I'll fry it up. I'll throw it on on the pit boss. I'll eat it. You know, eighteen different ways. But, like, I am not going to convince myself that this is the correct decision. Uh, I'm going to plant a seed because this is out of character, though in character at the same time. You're the one who told us yesterday that the Cowboys' modus operandi, at least Jerry, for those that he likes, for those that he appreciates, for those that he's loyal to, he's never going to fire you. He's just going to let the wind blow you out the door. I mean, he, he... it's just kind of so, how it works for everybody that he loves. He just, I'm not going to fire you, but when your contract's out, you're gone. And I'm going to take your key card. Um, but, you uh, know, right now, I love you. And I think that plays into it. But timing is weird. The immediacy of the I'm keeping him was a, a hand grenade thrown for a purpose. And I, I put it to you again. And this is the seed I want to plant is we're going to talk about this a lot. Um, the timing tells me that he wants more time to do something else. If you're, he knows he's no fool. He's done this before, uh, that he's going to have an angry populace. I don't think he, he, I don't think he read the wind quite enough. I think there's more anger than he's going to expect, than he would have expected, but he's got to do something. He's going to have to feed the crowds. He's going to have to be Nero and, and give us something to cheer at in the Coliseum. We're going to need to see some blood or you're going to have to show off something with a new coordinator. 
something. You're going to have to feed the populace. And we're going to try to figure out what that might be, if that even is the case, with those that are coming our direction. And we're going to talk about it with the very best, those that are on the beat and those that have been in the orbit of the Dallas Cowboys. Lots of Spurs talk as well. Uh, they travel up to Boston and were respectable in, in getting beat. Unfortunately, uh, they beat a Celtic team that didn't have Derek White playing. Uh he wasn't around and didn't have Kristaps either, and it was 20 points all night long. But we're going to look at this half full today, RJ. The glass, well, he should with something. she is half yeah, full because so- the season she is half done, just about. I mean, Wemby had 27 points. You know what I mean? Like, anything else is, is sort of incident. And, like, it was such a casual 27 points. It was. You know, it's like, I mean, like, fall, like, a, like a true fall out of bed and drop 27, you know, sort of thing. Like We heard it from Trey Young. I don't want to – oh, I know. Um, but I don't want to, like, take these moments for granted. Like, I, I don't want to – you know, it mm-hmm. feels similar to my son's two years old and everybody's like, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it, because it goes by. It goes like, I don't – you know, I don't want to be here after, like, the seventh title in a row and be, you know, and just have forgotten what this felt right. like. I want to remember where we came from. Oh, yeah, and by the way, we have a divisional playoff round coming. Ooh. I uh, It seems as we are awashed in the uh, – the uh, the wake of another big Dallas Cowboy day. Let's not get in that in the way of a good story, which is great football coming this week. And, of course, we're going to look at every option in the games and find direction for you to enjoy them, whether you're a fan of the team or not. I have to talk some lines. Look at some of those backstories. Hey, we're happy you're with us this morning. we got a good show for you, ready and warm. So let's put on a microwave and come back to work. We'll be right back talking Dallas Cowboys specifically to you Next, this is R&R, and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. The Jim Rome Show. Hey, Jim Rome here. And back in the military city of San Antonio. Weekdays at noon on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Because I'm back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. It's R&R. Rob and RJ are kicking off a day that's going to be a busy one. As Mike McCarthy got a place to stay, his parking place remains. As we heard yesterday afternoon, it, it was um, who was the very. F- I, I'm going to say that I'm going to throw out there that yesterday, 24 hours ago today, that RJ Ochoa told us the news. We didn't know it was going to break that day, but I, I'm full credit and. Yesterday, as we came on, you said, dude, this, what's his name? David Moore. David Moore. But there were others that were whispering it. There was, all, there was already kind of going around the block. Sparrows. Yeah, the sparrows, for those that know. Um, but it came to pass. When did, uh, who was the first big four-letter guy to break it? Uh, Adam Schefter. It was Schefter. It, last night. it was Schefter. Um, when he broke it, it came to pass. The statement began, I believe the team is very close and capable of achieving our ultimate goals, uh, and the best step moving forward with us will be Mike McCarthy as our head coach. There's great benefit to continuing the team's uh, progress under Mike's leadership as our head coach specifically. There are many layers of success that have occurred. You know, it, Cope. he was Cope harder. He was trying to justify. It was a long justification statement. I want to go back to something I want to see if, and I want to hear from everybody. If you're mad, if you're happy, if you're indifferent, six five six three seven seven six. And I can tell you this: uh, the uh, the uh, look in the mirror, the holy water, the cross to the vampire, is, to, uh, is the same thing as indifference to Jerry Jones. 
He'd rather you be mad than indifferent. And oh, if he's I mean, pushed you to the numbness of indifference, then that's the worst place in Jerry's mind to be. But with that in mind, give us a call. We do want to hear from you. But this is a long-winded justification for something that if he truly believed, he'd say he's coming back. 36 so, games in three years. Leading offense. Just a couple of bad games. You know where right. I live. I, that's such a great point. Like he would put on like his badass boots. Yes. And, like, y'all, y'all relax. You know, like that. He would have been like, "We lost. We lost in the playoffs. It sucks. We own it. We wear it. But like, relax. We're a very good team." As opposed to like, well, you know, his EPA per play from week six through week fourteen on the offensive side of the ball were exemplary. It's like it. It was the ultimate. Um, the statement from the Cowboys was, um, you know, the meme that's like. I ain't reading all that, but I'm happy for you or really sad that happened or whatever. Like it was just, again, it's coping. That's all it is. Like that's, that's the only word I have for it. It is coping. It is lying to yourself. It is, is it is self convincing. That's all this oh, is like, you said, oh, it. We're, we're, we're doing the right thing. Like it, guys, trust us. Self con- Okay. It is self convincing. Anytime you read any document where another paragraph begins and I kid you not further, he wrote that down further, further. You'd said it in the first sentence. You didn't have to go past McCarthy as our head coach. At that point, everything after that dot, that period, is truly the meaning of this. My daddy always told me, if you're listening to somebody, uh, the sentence's true meaning does not begin until after the but. This Ooh, was after that, the but. That's a great, you know, bit of advice um, for life. Um so something I was thinking about, and I shot a video that we uploaded to the blog on the boys' YouTube channel um, on Wednesday evening, is you know the expression that people say like you can't be a little pregnant, you know, like, <laughs> absolutely, you, you, like like you either are or you aren't. So like, and I don't, I'm not trying to put a number on it, but like if there was any consideration, like call it like from a numerical standpoint, call it one percent, you know, consideration or one percent doubt. If you reached that point where it exists then how can you bring him back, right? Like, like if you recognize the opportunity to be precious, if the priority is absolutely winning, how could you then possibly have somebody who you, by very definition, are not 100% in on? It's Bill Belichick used to talk about, like, um, you know, once a player starts thinking about retirement, he's retired. He's already you know out I mean? the like, door. That's, that's what this is. Like, if, if you have to, like, if you have to put together, like, 2,000 words to convince all of us, like, we all know what this means. I, I I love the fact that he's loyal. I just don't get it. What do you think? Six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN. Uh, Thomas, we appreciate you holding on. Welcome on the show. Hey, good morning, Rob. RJ, hope y'all doing well. well. Um, uh, <laughs> honestly, it's it's not it's not a surprise. I mean, look how long we uh, held on to Garrett. I mean, it's just one of those things. You can't expect the unexpected no more when it comes to Jerry Jones and his decisions. Um, I, I think I called Tuesday and we're talking about who should replace him, and now he's staying, and to me it's just like we don't have that fire. Like I said, Mike McCarthy don't have that fire under him on getting on his players. There's been a video circling around with Troy Aikman getting on players when he was playing right. for the Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys, and I'm like, that's the fire that we need, whether it's from a coach or a player. But I feel like when players do – kind of outlash out of the players and tell them, hey, you need to get it together and, 
you know, cuss words and all that go into that. And I'm not going to curse, but um, I feel <laughs> like that's I feel like that's what they need. They need someone that's going to put fire under their under their rear ends and get it going. Thomas, but you are every, right. Every, you have hit it. Yeah. I think the missing part, and then we'll always try to find the missing one. Great call. You're welcome back all the time. Thomas always hits it on the nail, the nail on the head here. Um, and the video of Aikman, I like this because I think this is leading to why people are so upset. Because they're from the top down, there are no ramifications for poor action. There's no – as long as you're a good guy and you tried hard <laughs> – there's well, there's a word for that, and it's accountability, right? Like the reason we, we the expressions we've used all week were like, oh, people want blood, people want a, a head on a spike, like because those are physical forms of accountability, right? They're dramatic ones, but you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. th- th- that's that's what it is, and like you know, people are referencing in in this aftermath. Oh well, you know, and, and correctly so, but you know, oh, they let Jason Garrett go into a contract year in 2019. First of all, how did that work out? Second of all, that like. That that was the second time they did that. They did it in 2014, and the Cowboys went 12 and four and won the division and lost to Mike McCarthy in the playoffs. And then in 2019, they missed the playoffs and they dismissed him. I wrote an article about this that'll come out later today. It has been over 20 years. Think about this. It has been over 20 years since Jerry Jones fired a head coach at the end of a season. All right. So if you just kind of backtrack this quickly, Jason Garrett wasn't fired. He was just his contract right. expired with the team. Uh, the previous head coach was Wade Phelps. He was fired midseason, incidentally, after a loss to Mike McCarthy. Uh, but so that was like an immediate reaction. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, you know, you took some time and made the decision like it would be firing him at the end of the season. The predecessor to Wade Phillips was Bill Parcells. He walked away. Those, that was Bill walking away, mm-hmm. not Jerry Jones making a decision. It was Dave Campo at the end of 2002 who was the last coach that the Cowboys evaluated at the end of a season and said, you know what, we don't need any more of this. And and you know what else? And this is another topic because we have, like you said, a lot of angles to get to here. The last time that the Cowboys had their head coach go into the season on a contract year, as mentioned, was Jason Garrett in 2019. They also let Dak Prescott go into that year on a contract year. And I re- I remain steadfast. Wow, in the, the same in the thing is happening again. Yeah, well, although to be fair, it was the final year of Dak's rookie contract, which was like a fraction of a fraction yeah, of a fraction very, of the but value. But still, that, both that guys got. in a contract year, very interesting. Yeah, he went in, they both went into contract years. And so Mike McCarthy, I mean, is obviously gonna, in all likelihood, uh, barring an extension, which would send us way over the, the deep end here, going into the season in the contract year. And I, I wonder, like now now I'm at least, you know, I'm at least willing to wonder the ridiculous. And the ridiculous would be trying to just – you know, take the cap hit this year and set them both up for a con- because. And again, you know, we'll expand on no, this. No, no, no. I want you to say you, it. Go ahead and say what you're dancing around because this is the next. This is the next you, question to ask. I believe in Dak. To be very clear, uh-huh. but you can't. You cannot extend him at at market setting rate, which it would have to be, and then ask a new coach to come in in 2025 for a what will then be age 33 season, 10th year in the NFL, Dak Prescott. You, you can't do that. So, like, on, on one hand, there is the tiniest, you know, like, bare pulse level of logic to saying, all right, we're going we're gonna to let them both be lame ducks. And if they both fail, well, that stinks, but at least we have the opportunity to hit a full-out reset in 2025. Like, again, if they don't extend Dak, it appears that they are at least thinking about that. 
Let's consider what RJ just said. If McCarthy's seat cooled off, did Dak's seat just get hot? Is the keeping McCarthy around for one more year telling us that maybe Dak's on his way out? Let's talk about it next. Rob and RJ right here on 941. Uh, we got a lot to get into. Uh, hang around for that. We got guests looking at every different angle right here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. So Rob and RJ, if I can get it out of my bumbling mouth. How's your swing? What's your handicap like? I haven't played around in golf since like June. Um, you know, because it's been football season. We have a two-year-old. You know, sleep is a requirement, you know. And uh, I'm still not hearing why you haven't played golf. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to find time. I'm kidding. You know? I'm kidding. Yeah. I've been there, my brother. Uh, but we, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to squeeze in March the 25th. We want you guys to squeeze that date in, too, because it's golf with a, with a twist. And if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, we're playing our annual first-of-the-year golf tournament, our spring classic. We're moving low cows. We're heading over to the golf uh uh, Club of Texas, which is our favorite place to go play. And you can come with us March the 25th. We've already got sign-ups, and this is about as early as I can remember and as full as I can remember this early. So if you want to play, you better go to sasportstar.com, get your foursome signed up, call your boss, say it's a write-off, man. Just uh, go, uh, you know, just uh, go get us signed up. We'll see you on March the 25th. It's always fun. You know what goes on. Uh, lots of sponsors, lots of fun will be had by all. And... uh RJ and I, I believe, will uh, will uh, do our very best to be able to play this year. It'd be nice. I mean, I might mean, as well. You know, why not? Uh, and you, you have certainly, uh, you would add to if we were to f- have a foursome between us and the the Blitz, you would oh, be I, the. Uh, having not, yeah, having not swung a club since June, I'm very still confident in, in that group. Um, I mean, and you know, I mean, I'm, don't be too. You know, I'm part of that group. I mean, you know, well, I think, as I understand it, Joe's got a bit of game. He's uh, got a bit. But, he, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. But sadly, his wife's better. But his wife's really good. Well, I mean, at the very least, I'm, you know, silver medal. If it's us versus the Blitz, you know, in a four. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm not threatened by you or Jason. In any, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll get a, get a little hot, but Jason ain't, ain't touching me. I, I could still not touch a club between now and then. Oh, I'm the worst of the whole. F- I'm, I'm by far. I, I understand my place in the world. You're, you're really tall. It's, that's a tough yeah, that, that's it. Um, it's a, it's a that, long that, way to, to that swing. And other things. <laughs> and that and my inability to swing. Yeah. Come on, Rudy, keep your mind out of the gutter. Uh, hey, if you haven't subscribed this morning, do so, please. I, I, we're, I don't sound like uh, I'm going to date myself. Jerry Lewis here. Uh, but uh, go go subscribe. Jerry Lewis, um, not the singer of The Power of Love. It's Huey Lewis in the news. A rockin' band for its time. Still a rockin' band. Well, you get the hell out of here for its time. Yeah, they're still. I'm sure they're still touring. Did you know that our NFL playoff coverage is brought to you by Flight by Yingling all playoff season long? That uh, Flight by Yingling is is uh, making sure that you get the very best broadcast possible. And this week, we will bring to you on Saturday a doubleheader with our Texans taking on the Ravens starting at 3, and it's immediately followed by the Packers 49ers that Saturday and then Sunday. 
crack open another icy cold uh, flight and uh, watch the uh, Buccaneers and Lions immediately followed by the Chiefs and Bills. Of course, they're going to put the Chiefs and Bills last, the build-up, the close-down. All brought to you, of course, by Flight by Yingling and all the appropriate goodness and stuff therein. Uh, I got some tickets to give away. Tim Dillon tickets will be flying out the door. It's Tim Dillon, right? I'm I'm still upset with the fact that it's not naturally coming. I think my guys deserve a little bit. You know, Not that I don't like Tim Dillon. Who t- what tickets was taken yesterday by the by our winner? It was Tim Dillon. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then we'll have some more of those in one hour. Hold me to that, RJ. No. Okay, I will. <laughs> Stay uh, awake. Yeah, accountability at its finest. Yeah, somebody's got to have it. Okay, so here's the premise. When I look across the NFC... And I see the teams that are playing and the quarterbacks that are playing. I see a couple quarterbacks that are in a salary cap range that makes it so much easier to surround them with talent that will actually lift their averageness up to above average. I think we see that in Brock Purdy. I see. I think we see that in Baker Mayfield. Two guys in two very, very different stages of their careers. I think we saw that in Joe Flacco. I think we see it more than we used to. And if you're looking at Dak Prescott, who falls into that category of quarterbacks in the NFL more than he does the uh, the Mahomes and the Allens and uh, you name your favorites, um, $60 million seems like an awful lot of money. So it's not um, relative to... The salary cap. Like it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's a big number, but the salary cap continues to grow. You're right. It's so that's you know that's the only way that this is like you know passable or whatever. But look, my stance is going to be that it is dumb to not extend Dak, and that isn't even all about Dak. It's mostly about the necessary relief that it provides, which is why my stance has been that he has leverage. But if the Cowboys are are hell-bent on making this a do-or-die, all-or-nothing year for the two most important people in their building who are always your quarterback and head coach, to your point about, like, who elevates the other. I mean, I, we're, like, we're at, the rules of engagement have changed, right, B- based off of what, what happened last night with them retaining Mike McCarthy. We, we now have to, like, you know, blow off the dust on the book of ridiculousness, right? Like, we have to start, like, kind of living here and operating, you know, within these parameters mm-hmm. now that we know that that's, you know, where we're at. And so I think it's – I'm at least willing to consider that they that they might be willing to consider not extending Dak. Because so, I think it's it's a advantageous thing when you're interviewing head coach candidates to have a franchise quarterback in place. That's why everybody looks at the Chargers job as the best one right now because they have Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. But if you fast forward a year from now and we're in 2025 and you're, you're the hot – Coach Rob, everybody wants you. Everybody's whining you and dining you and you know, yeah, you kicking know. you out on the town. And are you excited about a Dak Prescott who will be who will still be very good, but entering his age thirty three season, entering his tenth year in the NFL? I mean, in what might be your only opportunity to be a head coach? Like you not only don't have your your guy, but you have a guy who you know did fail with two previous you know 
regimes in Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy's. I, I think it is a valid point. Is Dak Prescott now on the hot seat? We're seeing Denver consider the Russell just goodbye and good riddance. That's a fair amount of money that one team's willing to eat. Are the Cowboys willing to, to do the same? I don't know that I think he's on the hot seat and that people will still talk about trading him and asking him to waive his no-trade clause, but you're not bringing Mike McCarthy back for a fifth year to have him do it with a non-Dak Prescott at quarterback. At right, least, like no, I'm not, I, I think that's worth right. So when it does happen matters. But coming back, I want to talk about this. Would you be willing to just wave goodbye to Dak Prescott and uh, take a compensatory to... pick at some point? But oh, no, he'd, no. he'd walk. He'd walk. He'd really walk in free agency. But you wouldn't be tied to him. Obviously, if you gave him the extension now, you'd be tied to him for the next two to three years. Is it cheaper to keep her? I mean, that's the thing. Like The, the debate is, is it worth absorbing it all this year and, and hoping for the best, but also you know rationing resources for the future? Or do you want to partly compromise the future to take care of the president? What is the Mike McCarthy? And it's not an extension, just Mike McCarthy's uh, allowance to finish out his uh, his uh, first his permission slip being signed. His yeah. contract. Let's talk about it. And remember, we got help on the way for those of us trying to figure out exactly what be going might be going on behind the scenes. Uh, and coming around the corner in the eight o'clock hour, of course, we're talking Spurs. But at seven thirty, Saad Youssef of the Athletic will join us as we talk about Mike McCarthy's retention. And that's not even the right word. Mike's just coming back to work. He's just not uh, hadn't been given the pink slip. But what does that mean to the Cowboys? We're we're talking about it right here because that's what we do. You're on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Hi, this is Joe Reinagel, and you're listening to the home of the Dallas Cowboys, 941 San Antonio Sports Star. It's Robin RJ with you. Good morning to you. Warmer this morning, finally. It was above freezing when I got up. And I'm not, I'm not accustomed to saying such things down here in South Texas. But it's supposed to rain. We're supposed to stay cold for the next week. I, you know, Christmas, uh, Christmas is just the beginning of our winter, right? I mean, we're going to get it through February, and then things will brighten up. I mean, it. I feel like February, or winter technically runs through, like, April. Like, in a technical Yeah, like, in, the, in the moon phase or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm always startled when it's, like, you know... January 4th, and people are like, it's the first official day of winter. And it's like, well, Christmas is over. I thought winter began right as I walked in for my Thanksgiving turkey. Exactly. The, the, we had Thomas on called him a bit ago, and he brought up a video that's been floating around, and it it struck me. You know, it was a video of Aikman back in the day jumping players for accountability, for accountability's sake. And as Jerry is about to go in front of the firing squad yet again for being the worst owner in sports, though the wealthiest, um, the worst and the best, um, if, if, if he is indeed the common denominator, and I do believe he is, as far as the accountability side for errors on the field, for interceptions, for, for uh, penalties, for you know just dumb stuff, there's never been any accountability for that with the Cowboys, as long as Jerry's been there. Now, there was, I take that back. During Jimmy's era. And it takes me back to a story, RJ, and you can verify this, because I want to talk about if Jerry is the is the common denominator and accountability is the problem, 
And even under McCarthy, who's been rather roughshod with accountability, even with Green Bay, he never really minded penalties. Penalties were a cost of doing business, I feel like, for McCarthy's life. That if that and, and penalties and drop balls and accountability for mistakes and all that all rolls into one large issue, and we'll just call it accountability. That if the owner isn't going to take care of it, and the coach will look at it as a cost of doing business. Somebody has to, and it has to be players that do it, right? And we talk about Aikman. There's this story that goes back to Jimmy's earliest time with the Cowboys. Just brought in, they're coming off a terrible season, and they're trying to shake things up. And he's trying to make a deal, and he's talking to the owner of the Raiders, the, the late, great Al Davis. And they were talking about actually trading Michael Irvin. And Davis said, there's a lot of guys I'll take a trade from, but you cannot trade Irvin because that guy will be the heart and soul of your team. That guy will hold people accountable that coaches can't do. He'll be the guy that takes your team places that coaches can't. Is that a true story? Because that's the one that I had heard. I mean, I think there's a lot of like legends at this point that are difficult to verify. There's the... You know, on a similar in a similar sense, there's the asthma field story from Jimmy Johnson. There's um, the fact that he cut. I think the one that people reference a lot is at the end of the '92 season. Um, the Cowboys were playing a meaningless game against the Chicago Bears, and, and Kervin Richards fumbled. Swerving Kervin. Jimmy said, "You better not fumble again," and and he did. And um, Jimmy said, "All right, well, the playoffs start next week, so you're out." And uh, just because he couldn't have that thread around. Um, and the only thing that I think the 90s Cowboys are probably happy about is, like, their legends continue to grow because they look all the more staunch in the face of the patheticness. Of the what I'm getting at is, okay, so if the coaches can't do it and the owner doesn't care, you got to have to have players that care about it. And we hear so much about Dak's leadership that, you know, while – he might not be the most accurate, more of the most athletic quarterback out there, but the intangibles, the things that really matter in locker rooms and in third and sevens and, and in foxholes, he's got all that. And it makes up for the other stuff. But does it? If we're paying you $60 million, $65 million, $70 million, whatever the, the rate is, shouldn't we expect everything? That's fair. They're not getting it. Hey, what coming back. We're getting all we can out of about 25 minutes a game. Wimby showed again, but the Spurs showed who they were as well. They went down to Boston. We're going to talk about it. No, oh, by the way, he'll be taking the next game off. There's trade offers out there, and a big one happened. We're talking about it in the silver and black. Go nowhere. That's an order. This is R&R in the morning. Man in motion, handoff, Pollard coming right. Bang, zoom, touchdown, Cowboys. Wimbenyama about three feet behind the line, got it! It's R&R in the morning with Rob Thompson and the managing editor of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Good morning! Good morning to you. It's Rob and RJ. Get your asses moving and don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you where you're going. Good morning, RJ. How are you this fine, uh, small Friday, as we call Thursdays around the Radio Ranch? I am delightful. I am, you are delightful. Uh, I am a plum. I am full of spirit and joy and uh, six different types of caffeine. A plum? Yeah. How do you spell a plum? I, uh, A-L-P-L-U-M-B, I would assume. 
Hey, hey, listen, silent out. Hey, li- listen real close. Um, I want you guys to win some money. So real quickly, uh, don't tell anybody. Okay. Go to sasportstar.com and get yourself registered for uh, 2000 and, and a little kicker, a little 24 A little below, a little extra, a little cunhau discount. Uh, $2,024 uh, just for being you. Uh, go get yourself signed up. We want you to win that money. It's important it's for that to pretty us. smile. It is. Hey, tomorrow, if you're not doing nothing, you want to hang out with the cool kids, uh, the Blitz are going to be out at Lucy Cooper's uh, in preparation for all of our playoff coverage brought to you by Flight by Yingling. Uh, they're going to get you ready for the divisional round. They're going to be talking all kinds of nonsense and fun stuff. And uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, some uh, alcohol served. Some uh, flight will be poured at uh, Lucy Cooper's uh, 281 and Thousand Oaks uh, Friday Flight presented by uh, Flight by Yingling. I'm dope. not. Hmm? I said dope. Dope. Uh, the Celtics and the Spurs battled for the last time this year. Uh, we didn't get to see Derek White. We didn't get to say howdy uh, to an old friend. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, the unicorn. Uh, didn't play. He, uh, Wimby scared him away. <laughs> and uh, Spurs went down. Uh, it wasn't quite as competitive as it has been, especially the second half of the Hawks game where Victor was just spectacular. He was spectacular again last night in, in ways that are just so effortless. Effortless that it just it just is in. Uh, sometimes he doesn't. He's not doing enough. He passes up more shots than any young superstar I have ever seen. Uh, it just, it just, it, it's not in him to take the first shot. He'll take the second one. It's just not in him if he's open when there's 22 seconds on the clock to look at the rim. It just, it's fundamentally not part of his character. Yeah, we're, I'd say about six months away from like the deep takes about how he's got to develop some, you know, alpha in that respect. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, again, in a, in a basketball way. Um, I think it's his nature to be humble. It is nature to, to kind of be team friendly. And that's, I think a great strength of his, but you're right. I mean, not that it was a, a significant factor last night, but, um, but it has been, and that's okay. I mean, that's what this, this year's all about. Yeah. And you know what, what I find interesting as that we're going to talk a lot about trades today is there is going to be a point in Victor's career. I don't know if we've reached it yet. Where he will be passing to a great option, you know. Well, there will be come a time when he gets the ball and he's open up for a three, and most of us go shoot it because the next guy who's got that same shot will. You might as well be the one that eventually, when he makes that pass, it'll be to a Pascal Siakam, it'll be to a Trey Young, it'll be to a superstar. You know, eventually this will make some sense, I think, as he is the, as he defers so often. But last night, 27 points in how many minutes? What do you, what do you figure? I know the answer. I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to lie. Point a minute, man. Point a minute. I mean, give him 30. I mean, like, I I don't want to, like, give him 40. I mean, well, I mean, but still, like, I mean, you know, let's walk before we crawl here. You know what I'm saying? Like, give him 30 minutes. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, we want more. It's not irrational to want more. No, and I get it. Well, let's use it when it matters. When it matters, I get it. Um, but like tonight, 
or next game, Charlotte. No, no, we won't. We won't. We won't be seeing him. He'll be taking the night. Um, but what we are seeing, it, it, it is almost unfathomable. Well, you know, when he got ben- <laughs> when everybody got benched against the Hawks, right? When <laughs> when everybody everybody got sat down, uh, Trey Young post game said, "This guy is going to be unstoppable." I mean, is he wrong? Well, <laughs> you know, he's the he's the latest in line. I mean, Giannis has said it. Lucas said it. Everybody who's played against him of uh, merit looks at him and going, "Holy!" I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And we saw it again last night, effortless. And when he is scoring so effortless, effortlessly, man, I'm tongue tied this morning. You, got, you can do this. Um, it makes things so much easier on others. And as we heap praise on. Victor in a loss, which, you know, remember that we did lose. I, I, I can't say enough about how good a Trey Jones is playing. I mean, everybody needs, like you're saying, it's, we're not at the level. I know Trey Young's a hot name this week, but like, we're not there. And so, no, you, you need these, you need these Trey Joneses. You know what I mean? You need, it can't just be Victor. It can't. You know what I mean? Like, he needs, you know, support. And I, I mean, I think we we we're trying to fast forward to that point like you just did, and I think we, in a teeny tiny way, overlook the support he has in this moment, um, which is why Trey deserves some love. Twenty-two assists, or tw- I'm sorry, twenty-six assists on ten turnovers. Those are the kind of numbers you normally win basketball games. But uh, Boston was on fire in the first half. I mean, just ridiculous. But watching Trey Jones, who by the way, ten assists last night. Um, when Victor and he are on the same page, and he and Malachi Brennan are running the pick and roll really well together as well, that pick and roll is uh, scary when those when those three are on the same page. It, it, it's sad to see so much positive, and what at the end of the day was was another loss. That there there are deficits on this roster, and I talk about that as we saw the first of the deals happen yesterday uh, as the. Uh, the Pacers acquire Pascal Siakam for three first-rounders in a body, quite frankly. Um, but that, to me, RJ, set the market. That, you know, when I saw the uh, three first-rounders, I thought, yeah, the Spurs got that, and that's an all-star. That's the kind of caliber guy that I think the Spurs are going to be chasing. Um, so I feel pretty good about the situation. I think I see enough positives. I know we're seeing... You know, a poor, we're seeing iceberg versions of Wimby. We're just seeing the tip there. We're not seeing everything. We're just, uh, so I don't know what to expect there. I see the market being set. Pascal Siakam's the three number one or kind of thing. And that's the minimum, I think, as Spurs fans, we expect if, when and if a deal is made. I see Trey Jones playing, playing to the point of, you know, point guard, while it is a priority, isn't an absolute priority. That the number of assists I saw last night in a, in a game that really there wasn't a whole lot of defense played, uh, and the Spurs couldn't close out on a three point shooter if, if their lives depended on it. You you mentioned that I wanted to bring this up. So I was curious. I was reading a few things last night. You know what Boston shot from three last night? What their three point percentage was last night in the first half. I don't think I saw a miss. I, I don't know. I would say forty percent. I think they went 5 of 10 in the first quarter. It was ridiculous. Uh, but they finished 
with 47.4% three-point success. 50% um, from the three. Yeah, you're not going to so, beat anybody like that. So they shot. They had 38 attempts you know, from beyond the arc, which is a lot, obviously. Do you know that there have been 14 – I mean, like we're talking like a, 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 not a million, but a billion basketball games. There have only been 14 times in Spurs franchise history that somebody has gone 47.4% or 47% from beyond the arc with at least 38 three points three points against them. And they have all happened since 2020. Isn't well, that amazing? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys my age go, yeah, yeah it's not amazing yeah, at all. I, mean, I like, could have told you that it happened. But, like, that's amazing. Like, they had never happened before the, 2020, and now it's, like, somewhat regular. Because they don't play defense anymore. Right. We'll be the guy that, that like me, that says, yeah, you know, they don't understand. They don't play. They don't hustle. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, Offensive coordination has just gotten better. The The metrics of the three are so much different. Guys take shots in the places where they make them, you know, and that's that didn't used to be the case. Now the whole offense is engineered toward the, what the numbers tell you. So that's why they're hitting them. And defense, they're playing as good a defense as defense has ever been played in the NBA without fouling anyway. It's, they're being, it's, just, it's just overwhelming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, again, they shot they had 10 threes in the first quarter. I mean, they made, but they made five of them. So, like, you're talking, like, again, if you play that game mathematically, it's like, well, if you can carve out 15 points right. off three-pointers per quarter, like, we're good. And, and I, as good as they are, as good as they are, and they, it's Boston and Philly in the East. The the Pacers yesterday making the move for, for uh, Siakam, they got gooder. They got gooder. They were very good, and they got very gooder. But they didn't pass. The Celtics or the Sixers, I think, in, in, at least in my mind, in the East. And as the uh, trade things kind of perking around, there's a new one floating around with the Spurs involved. It, 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 this one would be with the Magic. What do you think of this one? Uh, Keldon Johnson and uh, Dougie Fresh um, to Orlando for Wendell Carter Jr. and uh, the legendary <laughs> Markel Fultz. Um, is that uh, deck chairs on the Titanic? Is that what this yeah, is? I yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to just revisit the Trey Young thing, but, like, when you bring that up, like, there's an obvious reason to do that. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, like, like you, you, you know, okay, Indiana got gooder. Like, do you even get gooder? No. You oh, well. Or you're, are you just as good in, in a different way? Like, you're just, you know, it's it's six and one half, half a dozen in the other. You know, or six and one hand. You know what I mean? Like, that's all this is. Uh, Wendell Carter has potential at his position. I mean, he's a big, he, he could play in the very same fashion as Wimby. They could play out there together because they're both mobile. It offers a twin tower kind of view that would be interesting. Uh, it would be a, a, an interesting kind of a, a offensive matchup and defensively shoot. <laughs> you might not ever get a shot up in the paint. So, I mean, there are some things, some benefits there, but I'm not sure the value of Keldon Johnson isn't more than that. I I I I would be amenable to it if it if I was uh, Brian Wright, but I'm not sure it's the deal that I would make today. But that's the one that's floating about uh, floating about. What do you guys think? I mean, it, uh, like and, and share and comment on this. Um, what do you think if a deal like this comes around? Is this something that you look at, or is it too early to tell? Because I are think you, that we're almost there. Are you like in a grand sense? Question one of two, if they don't make any trades, is it a failure? Relative to modern, like current, current moment expectations. If they do nothing, is it a failure? Is uh, it, is yes. It just frustrating. 
I, I can tell you this. Uh, it will be an abject failure because we've got guys like um, Chetty Osman and um, McDermott who will just leave. They don't have a lot of value, but they got a little bit of value right now. And both those guys can help somebody. Both those guys, if they landed on the right team, and the teams that I know are, that are chasing them are calling. You just know that they are because they're, everybody knows they're going to leave the Spurs. They're not going to re-sign these guys for any more than they're paying them right now. Uh, I think it would be, it would show me that due diligence is really not being chased because you're letting something just walk out of the door for nothing. And it's not like these guys are helping us to do anything other than get to the end of the season. And if we're going to play Champagne and Barlow and, and, uh, Who's our latest uh, culprit? There's a dude walking around yesterday. I didn't even recognize him. I was like, who's that cat? <laughs> um, if we're going to play those guys, play them. Play them. And we don't, I, let the, let McBuckets and Chetty go be pros and maybe get a ring and some extra playoff cash. I mean, I agree with you. Like, it's maybe kind to them. But I don't see how that helps the Spurs. And I don't see how it's a failure to not let Chetty walk. You know what I mean? Like, well, what, what I'm, I'm saying, saying like, is it, it would help if you got something in return for two dudes that are going to walk. I don't know who that is or what that would be. I mean, but it's not like the, the resources that we're comfortable moving on from aren't netting, you know, anything. You know, anything significant. Anything, you know, that, Everybody's that asking us me, up it, out of bed. Right. What does a trade help? What does it do? Well, let me tell you. Um, what it does help is for a forward-thinking general manager, for a forward-thinking team, you know that – Given the opportunity and equal money, for the most part, an NBA veteran, a guy who's going to make a team like Doug McDermott, like Chetty Osmond, will go, will follow the money and follow the possibility. And there's no reason to stay here. So if we're, if we can get value for them now, get value. That value might not pan out, but at, at worst, you work out equal. At worst, at worst, you work out with nothing because at the end of this season, those dudes are gone on, along with others. So if you can move them for something, future draft consideration, a body that will be here in the summer that, you know, those guys won't, that is a win. That's the only reason I'm talking about a deal. Now, this Orlando Magic deal, this Keldon thing, this makes no sense. That's a lateral move sure. to a guy that I don't know. And right now, the known is more important to me than the unknown. And I don't know what Wendell Carter could do with, with Pop. I, I, he's a talented young player. So is Keldon, but at least I know what Keldon's capable of. And right now, I'm going to tell you, uh, he's kind of coming into his own. He's kind of playing pretty good. He's got his, his attention is on the rim. I can tell you that, which for me is the place he needs to be. I mean, I'm not saying that I think you're wrong or that I disagree with you. I just, and I know, you know, it's worth you know, it's worth moving the numbers. You know, I feel like we're moving, you know, jelly beans in, you know, one hand and kind of seeing how they look. And, I mean, yeah, it's just, it all feels lateral. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm down. If you, if you really want to take some sort of swing, okay. You know what I mean? But, but that, that feels irresponsible at the same time. And I'm, I mean, my point is like, we have been pretty patient, right? And, <laughs> and we can see, we can see the light, so to speak. And so I don't want to wreck the light and, and you know, I don't want to, in, in an effort to take one single step forward, wind up taking one and a half steps back. Well, sometimes, well, I, I agree wholeheartedly. But I want to see from Brian Wright, and I think we all do, something. 
Be aggressive. Um, I feel like it's too much of us just expect the, the Spurs to be reactive and not, you know, taking calls but not making calls. On, um, I've had this search loading for a while since before we started this segment because it, sometimes these take a little bit. Because um, last night was just another, you know, Wemby masterpiece. So at this point, 35 games in, averaging over 28 minutes at this point, not quite where we want to be, averaging over 10 total rebounds, averaging over 19 points a game. All players, NBA history, to ever do that in the first 35 games of their career. Who do you think was the last one? Wimby's the first person to do this since who? LeBron? No. Harden? LeBron actually didn't even do this. Again, we're talking about the first 35 games of their career. First, uh, Wimby is is one of two people to do this this century. uh, Gosh. Uh, Yeah, Durant? Blake Griffin. What? Was was this – didn't Blake miss his rookie year and come back and kind of do it his second year? Like a Chet Holmgren prep year? No, this is is calculated on their first 35 career games. So last person to do it before Blake was who? I'll give you the year. This might be more helpful. Uh, so Blake did it you know, 2010, 2011. The l- person before that was 1992, 1993, who did it. Again, the qualifiers here, 28 minutes a game, over 20 minutes a game, uh, at, at least 20 minutes a game, at least 10 re- total events a game, at least 19 points a game. 92, 93? David? Yeah. Nope. Uh, I don't know. I like this, like, maybe this is a new thing. Like yeah, Rob this, gets stats. I'm stumped. Uh, give me the stat line again that we're trying to match. So you're averaging at least 28 minutes a game. 28. At, le- at least 10 total rebounds a game. 10. And at least and at least 19 points per game. Shaq? In the first in the first 35 games of their career. Exactly. Yes, it is Shaq. Yeah, so Shaq. You got it. Okay. So we're, so reverse chronological order. We got Wemby. We got Blake. We got Shaq. Um, let's do two more. Who's the last one before Shaq? It was one year before. Give so me Shaq the year. Shaq was 92, 93. And 91. 91, 92. Prior to Shaq? Oh, gosh. Uh, Michael? No. Nope. I don't know. Nope. If you're looking at your screen, you're getting a no. Clue I'm, not. I'm not. I'm um, not. No, you are. I was. Oh, Matumbo. Yep. That's a guy I didn't expect you, to see on the list. He was getting uh, that many the, points. Yep. I mean, nineteen. It's not like a million, well, but still. Uh, and before that, David Robinson. I knew David had to be in there. Yeah. But, I mean, even before that, like, if we just go a little bit further down this list. That's a uh, ridiculous Hakeem, list to be on. Hakeem, Ralph Sampson, Terry Cummings, Larry Bird, Sidney Wicks, uh, Kareem, Elvin Hayes, Rick Barry, Wilt. Um, I mean, it's only been done. Uh, did you not did, – did you – every name you just was a Hall of Famer, every one of them. Did you name anybody that's not? I don't think you did. Um, well, Blake. I mean, but, um, obviously. He, I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Okay, well, I mean, my point is, like, not literally. I mean, in the moment. Yeah, but I, uh, I mean, yeah. literally, the company he's keeping is Orange Jacket type, which and, is and we're sitter, and we're like playing more. I mean, obviously, rightfully so. But like, my point is, like, that's a pretty stupid list to be a part of at this point in time, and and we feel like we're there's so much meat on the bone that we're just throwing away, and that's what concerns game. I think so many of us today. That when we see 27 points come that easy, and keep in mind he's now had 25-plus in three straight games. He's joined Tim, who did it three times, and David, who did it six times, as the only rookies to do that in franchise history. He continues to impress on minutes that starve us, that I think starves him for 
for a value, for for attention, for worth. I mean, you, he knows how good he is, and you never. Every time he sits down, as good as that second unit has been, there is a deficit. It does get worse, and it has that has to wear on him too. We watched him check himself in because it's embarrassing. Like I, I'm sitting down watching us get worse. I don't want to call it the devil's advocate, but the flip side of that is like you want to preserve the types of career that this list of people has had. You know what I mean? That's the justification, right? It's a catch-22. But it is frustrating in the moment. And so that's why, like, okay, we're bored. Trade for Trey Young. You know what I mean? Like, so Mm -hmm. that we have something to to be entertained by. And I'd rather have tread on the tire in four years than a little bit less for a a meaningless win. A win in Boston is always sweet. And I would like to leave one little bit on the table, and I'm talking to Spurs broadcasting. Um. The, the the matchup last night, while individually I love them both. Okay. As far as the broadcast crew. Okay. In, in individually, they both are outstanding in their field. Okay. Together, not not so much. I mean, you know. Uh, Matt Bonner and uh, what's his name? Ryan. Oh, with Dan Weiss. Dan Weiss. Yeah. I mean, look, a little, uh, little. Dull. A Wednesday night in Boston when you're getting smoked is. You know. I know it ain't that. <laughs> well said, <laughs> Jason Minnick's one of the best play-by-play guys in the business anywhere in the country. Will be the first to tell you. Well, sometimes you're only as good as the material you have to work with, and there wasn't yeah. a lot to work with. But it was in Boston, and I've seen this tandem a couple of times. And <laughs> I, I mean, look, um, maybe it'll be better against Charlotte. You know what I mean? You got that going on. And you know what? Maybe maybe it's just the platform. Maybe once it's on, on Amazon Prime, that just elevates the whole thing. For you. Yeah, we we broke this yesterday. That uh, the uh, we well didn't we didn't break it. It just broke. No, we broke it. We That's tried to put it together best we could, but right. it didn't work out. The, that, <laughs> we dumped dumped That the uh, master of all things unseen, Jeff Bezos, has uh, purchased. A, a significant share of the, the the carcasses of those RSN, those regional sports networks all across the country that the Spurs had bought into, along with just about every other regional baseball, basketball team. That the the, the platform now, the delivery pipeline, the tube to your home now seems to be set. It's just a matter of how it will occur. Uh, as uh, the world's uh, second or third richest man will get wealthier now, because at least now we have a portal and a comfortable one. Uh, to our favorite teams. This is good news, except that paywall will exist. They're not going to all go the Phoenix way and just put it on a, a rabbit ear antenna. The reason I am a fan of this is I'm a cord cutter myself. Mm-hmm, um, me too. And, I mean, you don't, like, theoretically, again, obviously there's some details, DVD, you don't need um, a cable subscription to watch the Spurs now. You know, like, the, again, in a theoretical sense, there will be a, like, here's your Spurs package you know, for the season or whatever. Maybe it's a monthly mm-hmm. rate. I don't know, during basketball season. But, like, you'll be set. And that's a cool thing. Like, if you're like, oh, I just need Netflix and the Spurs, like, you can do that. And you'll have uh, Prime Delivery. You, you'll be able to watch the game. So true. And have you your toilet Prime. paper and nachos delivered at the same time. You also got Prime Video. You can uh, watch the, the Rings of Power show. Did you watch that? It was very good. I did. I did, in fact, watch that ahead of, a, a while ago. Hey, uh, the uh, Mike McCarthy ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, well, let's talk about it with a guy that's been uh, kind of behind the scenes, not kind of, uh, definitely behind the scenes. Uh, coming back, uh, we're going to talk with the Athletics' very own Saad Youssef, 
who uh, probably has some insight the likes of which we definitely need, trying to figure out why is Mike McCarthy keeping uh, himself in the building? How did this happen? Well, we're talking with Saud next. Hang around. This is going to be good. You're on R&R, and this is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to you. It's Rob and RJ. Here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We're your home for the Dallas Cowboys. Let us prove it to you. Uh, McCarthy gets to keep that first parking place right there at the star. Right there by the front door. McCarthy gets to keep the, that spot in going anywhere. Uh, let's talk about it uh, in a, in, with someone who certainly uh, has been in the room and seen enough. Saad Youssef of The Athletic joining us. Uh, morning, sir. We're glad you're with us. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good, man. Um First, on, just on the outset, everybody was uh, was surprised. Was was it more surprising that he's staying, or the timing of the announcement? What what surprised you more? Uh, I think you know the the fact that he's staying is not really uh, honestly. It's not really that surprising when you kind of break it all down in terms of just you know the impact on Dak Prescott and all that kind of stuff. But I think you're right. The timing was probably a little bit more surprising just because you know, you, like you said, like. I, I mean, I go back and I was there for when Garrett got let go and everything like that. And it was, you know, six days after the season and things. I think I think once uh, this dust kind of settled, Jerry Jones kind of realized that he was going to keep him. And then and then I think, you know, you kind of once you know that you just kind of put it out there and let it, you know, let it happen. So uh, this um, this is probably the least empowering thing I could think of for Mike McCarthy, which is weird. I mean, to, to say like, hey, you get to keep your job, you know, whatever. But. I mean, I don't know, and maybe it's just the moment, maybe it's just everybody's still upset, but, um, I mean, I, there aren't a lot of people, like, I agree with you that you can you can rationalize this, but I don't think that anybody is emotionally invested in the McCarthy Cowboys at this moment. Is that the sense you get as well? Yeah, I do, and, and you know, I said this last night, too, it's like, you know, bringing him back is one thing, but to have him as a lame duck head coach is kind of, it's a tough situation for him to be in. Um, especially given what all the public discourse is now. And, you know, this is, you also have to remember, this isn't the first time that he's dealt with this. Remember, Jerry Jones very openly flirted with Sean Payton for, for a, a, an entire early part of the offseason, all that stuff, and had to, you know, have that meeting with McCarthy and let him know that he's all good. Like, I think McCarthy's gone through this so many times now that I think it is, it, you're right, it's not an ideal scenario for him. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I think if, if there is somebody that can handle it, it is probably him who's been around the league, who knows how this stuff works and, uh, and kind of understands the politics of it all. Assad Youssef of The Athletic joining us here on uh, San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, you saw the statement. Uh, it seemed like a long justification for why he's keeping him and gave reasons, you know, continuity and the like. Uh, why do you, in your point of view, why, why did he keep him? Well, I think I think the when you look at the history of the NFL, there's four times that a first year head coach has won the Super Bowl and um and three of those times they had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Johnny Unitas, Peyton Manning and Joe Montana. So, it, we as much as anybody likes Dak, you know Dak's not at that level. And so the point is that Brad Johnson in 2002 with the Bucks is the only time a first year head coach has won with the first year um that he's been coaching the team. So, I think when we talk about uh Jerry Jones not having time to have a bad time I think it's he's looking at 2024 and feels probably feels that McCarthy gives him the best chance in 2024 to win 
Um, I think there's a lot of other things as well, like Dak Prescott. Like I said, I think that's a huge thing as well. Three systems in three years is not ideal. And also, Dak really likes McCarthy and the way that he's kind of coached him up and the way that he's kind of run the system. So I think all those things really come into play about 2024 being the reason, being the season that you really want to have a, you know, have success. And then I think you also want to have Dak uh, as comfortable as possible. I think that makes sense, Saad. Um, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate for everyone that, that it kind of begins the way that it did, you know, with last Sunday. Something I tweeted about last night, and, and I'm at a point now where I think I just have to think about things a little bit weirdly and differently. Do you think it is possible, I mean, like, that there's even just, you know, a, a non-zero percent chance that they're in consideration of letting the season go without extending Dak? In the name of potentially offering themselves an opportunity to fully reset in 2025, independent of him and McCarthy, because... I do think, I mean, like, we're, we're reaching a point with Dak where it's, you know, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning territory. You're either that guy and you break through it, you know, at a double-digit, you know, season of your career or you don't. And I don't know that it's the best thing moving forward to extend him and force somebody, a new head coach candidate in 2025, to inherit him for at least a handful of seasons. Yeah, I, you know, and, and when you put that out there, I think, like, you know, that that really made me think, and that was really interesting, but, uh, I also, what I think what Hellman kind of said, you know, in response to you was also a good point right. of like, you know, it's, it's all about how you view Dak. I mean, because if you view Dak as a true franchise quarterback, as someone who can get the job done, then it's more attractive to have him under contract for even the next head coach. Um, and so you kind of like, you know, having that balance of just how do you view Dak and how would the next coach view Dak? And I will say this, I think people in the league, people in the organization, the team have a much higher have a much higher viewpoint of Dak than, um, than a lot of the fan base does. And so um, I think that's one thing to consider as well about just how they, how they view him. Saad Yusuf joining us here on San Antonio Sports Star. Check his stuff at The Athletic. All right, uh, they're keeping McCarthy, and it appears Dak's not only going to get to stay, but he's going to get a raise. Somebody's going to have to pay for this, Saad. I need some blood as a fan. You're going to have to give me a body. Who is the most likely scapegoat still pulling up to the star today? Well, I think it, I think it's kind of interesting because you can make it Dan Quinn and and kind of you know reconcile in that way and make it to where okay Dan Quinn's your scapegoat. He's also probably going to leave organically. Um, I think a really interesting thing that you know could happen is what if Dan Quinn doesn't get a job and because right. we're so used to over the last couple of years the fact being of him like not taking an offer and coming back to the Cowboys. But what if he doesn't get an offer and all of a sudden you're, you're dealt with that. And I think that is where I think they're going to have like a true scapegoat is I think Dan Quinn could end up being the guy because, uh, because again, offensively, when you're, when you're a guy like McCarthy, who is not just the head coach, but also the offensive play caller, offensive coordinator, I think you're kind of in the situation where you're not, you're going to want to keep your band all together and I think the defense is kind of where it's going to suffer. Yeah, Saad, I think that that's, you know, for the last two years, the best thing that's happened to them has been that Dan Quinn, you know, didn't get or didn't take a head coaching job. And the best thing to them or to happen could be him not getting one and, and offer them, you know, that kind of, um, you know, Joey Tribbiani, uh, Monica Geller character to kind of fire and, and make a case out of, you know, for everyone to sort of see the power that Mike <laughs> McCarthy can exert. Um, I thought it was really interesting last night to see, Wanya Thomas and Jake Ferguson kind of publicly support Mike McCarthy. That's something that I think is feels a little bit different than the Jason Garrett era, or at least the way players were, you know, about him. And some of that's just like, you know, 
difference mm-hmm. in time and, and ages and people and things like that. At the very least, I mean, I think you can say that, that this locker room loves Mike McCarthy, which there is value in. Is that something that you would agree with as well? Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely think the feel is a little bit different. I think with, with the Garrett era, there was a lot more division in terms of uh, in terms of different sides. It wasn't that people didn't like Garrett, but I think it was the ones that liked Garrett, and we all heard the term, right, the Garrett guys and things like that, the Wittens and those guys of the world. I think they all loved him, Tony Romo, but um, but I think it's more of like the, I think this is more universal, and I think the fact that Dak Prescott backs him as much as he does, uh, I think that goes a long way as well because the team really loves Dak, and so I think uh, I think Dak like and Dak really publicly vouching for McCarthy goes as far as as far as anything because I think the most beloved figure in that entire organization universally is Dak Prescott, and so um, whatever he whatever he says is usually um, the path that others follow. Yes, Saad Youssef, he writes with The Athletic. He's one of our Dallas Cowboy insiders. As we look at the reasons why and what happens now after McCarthy gets to keep his job for the next year, you know, we're, we're calling him a lame duck, and I, I guess that's the assumption. You will, he'll either go the way of Jason Garrett or get an extension with it with a season like that. Uh, Dak, uh, we expect the, uh, the extension to come just for financial reasons coming on, uh, over the offseason. Uh, those being said, and you know the term surprise is probably not the appropriate one, but what will be something that you see coming in the offseason that maybe a lot of people don't see? That's a good question. I think, and I think honestly, that's the sell that Jerry Jones is having to make is that something will change, and you're not just simply running it back um, completely. And I think that's the you know when you asked me that question, and, and I was thinking about that uh, you know right when the announcement came down is I'm not sure what's really going to be a significant change. I mean. You're going to have the same core group of guys back. You're going to have that offense of Dak, C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson. I think I think if you're looking for really one place that there could be change, it's probably in the running game and the running back, just because uh, Tony Pollard. I think is is you know he was a good player under a franchise tag, but I don't know that they're going to bring him back. But organizationally, we all know the owner's not going anywhere, which also means the general manager's not going anywhere. The head coach is back. Um, you you talk about key pieces all around. Um, Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, these guys are all going to be back. So um, it's really going to be minor changes. And I think that's also where Jerry Jones, this is Jerry Jones's one of his biggest tests because he's such a great marketer. And how do you market this product of, you know, a really great regular season team that came up short so badly in the playoffs? And how do you kind of get everyone to buy in as a true contender? And I think that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. For anyone who doesn't follow Saad on Twitter, at Saad Yusuf126, uh, they miss out on a great bit. I, I hate to even, even call it a bit, Saad, but um, <laughs> you've, you've done Parks and Rec before, and you're doing Ted Lasso this year. You also cover the Dallas Stars, and after every game, um, you tweet a gift that kind of, you know, again, my the way I would characterize it is, you know, the way it, it encapsulates the game for the Stars. Um, so I'll allow you to choose Ted Lasso or Parks and Rec. Um, describe this moment for the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy coming back and the kind of tenor of the situation by way of Parks and Record Ted Lasso, the choice is yours. <laughs> That's a great one. Um, let's see. I mean, so with Ted Lasso, I probably have uh, where coach is in the plane and he, and he goes like, yeah, this is nuts. And, and he's just looking at Ted and going, this is nuts. Um, with, uh, with Parks and Rec, um, I think, uh, man, it would have to be a Ron Swanson gift. And I don't know, like that that's just the vibe that I'm getting is very Ron Swanson type. Um, but I think yeah, I don't know exactly what it would be, but uh but I think it would just be like I think right now, you know what, when he's uh when, when Ron is kind of like 
bundled up in that heavy jacket since it's cold in Dallas right now too, and he's just kind of sitting in his office all frozen. Does it looks really? Uh, doesn't want to be bothered. I think that's kind of what it's feeling right now for the fan base. He is Saad Yosef. Check all of his stuff at The Athletic and go enjoy a, a couple episodes of Lasso and Parks and Rec, both equally funny. Hey, man, we, we appreciate your knowledge, man. Will you come back soon? Absolutely, anytime. Thanks for having me, guys, and, uh, and you know, really appreciate it. And, and, RJ, thanks for your support as well throughout the season. Saad, you're the man. Uh, I think McCarthy's a little bit more Jerry than he is Ron right now. But, but nevertheless, uh, I think the analogy hits. <laughs> yeah. Hey, coming up, while the Cowboys don't have a game, uh, they do have a draft pick to prepare for. They're looking at number 24, and God forbid they're up in Ann Arbor scouting another defensive lineman. At what point will they learn their lesson? What you see in Ann Arbor does not translate to the star. What's this guy's name? Chris Jenkins. I'm sorry, man. We're going to talk about their draft coming up. Do you trust the Cowboys' draft order and draft mindset after last year? Will McClay is back. Is his pick going to be another Michigan lineman? Hold on tight. We're talking about it next. It's R&R. You're on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Cowboys play here. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. Look around the uh, rest of the sporting world. See where the Mets retired Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry's jerseys? We're going to put them up in the rafters. That's a tad, that's wow. a party. That's a retirement party I want to go to. Mets talk. Look at that. Well, I'm just I'm looking around the league. Uh, what are the, we're talking about McCarthy staying. What did you think of the, the Browns firing Alex Van Pelt, their OC? I mean, you know, they went through a... a a real tough stretch. I mean, yeah, I know people feel different ways about different things, but, I mean, they lost their starting quarterback, several starting quarterbacks. They lost Nick Chubb. I mean, it's fair to kind of give him a pass. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? But, uh, and I don't know, like, like you you know, you are astutely pointing out how, like, the Cowboys have to give us some blood. Like, are there any Browns fans that are like, you are underwhelmed, you know? <laughs> no, like, right. every Browns fan is like, Dude, we were playing with house money down the stretch. No kidding. And the way Van Pelt, I, I guess I was giving him a lot of the credit for the way Flacco played, but evidently he was the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, um, certainly, to see that. I am very excited to see how some of these vacancies start to fill up. because, And I'm also interested to see if the Eagles do keep Nick Sirianni. There was the report from the Athletics' Diana Rossini that uh, Nick is kind of preparing to make his pitch to Howie Roseman. Again, Cowboys and Eagles fans are in this weird place where it's like we both hate our coaches that have had all sorts of success in mm-hmm. the last three years. Like, we've both been playoff teams each of the last three years, but, like, everybody wants change. Um, it might be the most, like, lame duck division in the NFL next season, which is saying something. Hey, coming back, let's look around the NFL and place those coaches as it is time to start plugging those holes. Where's Brable going to go? Where is Belichick going to be? We know where Tomlin is and who is next. We're talking NFL coaching. The carousel turns. We're going to be joined by Mark Schofield, SB Nation at 830 as we talk Dallas Cowboys and the rest of the league. Hey, we're having a good time. Call a friend. Like and subscribe. We'll be right back. This is R&R on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Talk.